0: Hi, I'm the Contract Tutor, and welcome back to Basic Contract Law for Students. This episode continues our discussion of vitiating elements with minority incapacity, mental incapacity, and illegal contracts. Minority incapacity means that minors who are under a certain age cannot contract. Any contract entered into by a minor is voidable only by the minor, not the adult. This is basically meant to punish the adult for contracting with a minor because an adult should know better. A minor can ratify or disaffirm the contract only upon reaching the age of majority, and they can ratify or disaffirm only within a reasonable time after reaching the age of majority. For example, 15-year-old Janae contracts with Alex to buy a car. When Janae turns 17, she stops making car payments. When Janae turns 18, she starts making car payments again. Janae has ratified the contract because her disaffirmation isn't technically effective until she reaches the age of majority. When she did finally reach that age, she chose to ratify the contract by continuing payments. A lot of us may ask, well, what is a reasonable time? To determine that, let's think of what an unreasonable time is. If Janae kept paying her car payments after she turned 18, And five years later, she says that she wants to disaffirm, then that is an unreasonable time, right? So there is a window of reasonable time, and it will need to be clear in a fact pattern that you're given on a practice question. Now, whenever we talk about minority incapacity, we also need to talk about emancipation. Minors that are emancipated or are in emergency situations can legally contract for necessaries Necessaries are not the same thing as necessities. Necessaries are things like food, clothing, shelter, medical or health services. So when are you emancipated? Well, if you run away, join the military or get married. That means that you are emancipated for purposes of these questions. So what's our remedy? It's going to be restitution. Upon disaffirming, minors won't have any liability for services. You performed, so that's just too bad. Minors only have to restore, so restitution. They only have to give back tangibles and won't be liable for damage to the tangible unless, exception, damage to the tangible was willful or negligent. This is because minors are liable in tort at a much younger age than contract. This also means that if a minor fraudulently misrepresents age, then they can be liable in tort. So restitution is the remedy. For example, if a 16-year-old crashes the car on purpose, then that minor can be liable for damages. Mental incapacity. This one makes a contract void rather than voidable. The person alleging the mental incapacity has the burden of proof. Also, being drunk can count as mental incapacity. So there's two tests. There's a cognitive test and a motivational test. Let's first talk about the cognitive test. At the time of contracting, a party was unable to understand the nature and consequences of the transaction. The other party doesn't have to be aware of the mental incapacity because it's enough that the one party had no idea what was going on to void the contract. Contrast this with the motivational test. With the motivational test, even if the party understood, the mental illness affected that party's ability to act reasonably in relation to it. Because the person might know what's going on, it must prove that the other party knew of the mental incapacity. So with the cognitive test, the one party was unable to understand, so the other party doesn't actually have to be aware of that mental incapacity. Whereas with the motivational test, even if that party understood, it has to prove that the other party knew of the mental incapacity. Let's move to illegal contracts. For our purposes, we're talking about illegal contracts in regards to common law, a statute, or even just a policy violation. It doesn't necessarily have to violate criminal law. So there's two maxims. If it's an illegal service... We begin with exterpicasa. And I'm going to spell that. It's EX space T U R P I space C A U S A. Exterpicasa. So exterpicasa means the court won't get involved. There's no remedy for the plaintiff. But an exception to exterpicasa is in pari delicto, which is spelled I N space P A R I space D E L I C T O. Now, in pari delicto is an exception to ex causa, and it's saying, are the parties equally guilty? If the plaintiff is just as guilty as the defendant, then the position of the defendant is stronger. So there's no remedy for the plaintiff. If the plaintiff is less guilty than the defendant, the court may grant a remedy depending on some factors, like relative guilt, seriousness of illegality, purpose of the law that has been violated, the public interest in refusing or allowing the remedy, and equities between the parties. All right, quick run-through of what we went over. So minority incapacity is just meaning that minors cannot contract. That's the general rule. There are some exceptions to that, and the remedy is going to be restitution as long as it's not services. With mental incapacity, there's the cognitive test, and the motivational test. And with illegal contracts, there's two maxims. First, we look at ex causa, and then an exception to that is in pari delicto. I'm the contract tutor, and thank you for listening to Basic Contract Law for Students.